You're listening to the Nerd to Know Media Network. Join us at nerdtoknowmedia.com. Broadcasting from the Blanchestan Center, this is Phoenix FM. This is 92.5 Phoenix FM, community radio for Dublin 15. Hey everybody, it's JB Jeremy Borash and you are listening to Daryl O'Connor on the... Welcome to the Wrestling Rewind. The only wrestling podcast by fans who don't hate wrestling. Alright folks, and we're back here to uh, talk about All In, which of course it came everybody yes. on pay-per-view. Enough of the drama, enough of the bloody backstage rumors, and let's get into the show, what wrestling is really about. All in the first uh, pay-per-view from England um, on August 27th, 2023. And the show started off, obviously, look, there's tons of shows, there's tons of stuff before the show came on, but um, I think the, the the real kind of talking point here was uh, what started the show, which I think surprised everybody, which was well, CM Punk. Hold on. No, I'm, and, I'm, and I, I love you the bit, Star, but I'm going to disagree with you here because the zero hour, the pre-show. You want to do zero hour? Okay. Well, uh, no, very briefly, but sure. only, not, not because I'm determined to keep you here all night, <laughs> but... <laughs> But only because it played a pivotal role in the main event. It because did. the it first did. show true. on Zero Hour was MJF and Adam Cole versus Ozzy Open for the Ring of Honor World Tag Team titles. That's true. So I was going to mention that in the main event. But um, on the Zero Hour, there was the, right. the tag, the tag Sh- belt. You should have discussed that with me beforehand, Dara. But the, no the haphazard no nature of the way we do our show often renders us a crapper. True. This is true. Uh, but yeah, so Zero Hour kind of, it was a nice way to bookend the show, really, because um, it set up what would happen later on. Do you know what, actually? Mm. It was it was kind of genius booking. Like, if you, so the whole point of a Zero Hour, or like a pre-show, is to sell the main show. Yeah, it's right? a, it's basically a, te- what's a, um, yeah. telemarket marketing show? Yeah, because really? it goes on YouTube for free. Yeah. So, you're going to put your two biggest stars, Adam Cole and MJF, on the pre-show. Like, okay, firstly, that's going to get loads of people watching the pre-show. But secondly, that's going to get loads of people in the seats for the pre-show. So even when your pre-show was on, you're looking at a packed stadium. It was mm. it was kind of genius. It absolutely was. I know uh, you don't like admitting it, but Tony Khan's a really good booker. No, he's not. Um, but, <laughs> but I love you, Dar. <laughs> the match was good, um, but it did it did kind of set up what would happen many hours later. Yeah, uh, Hook defeated Jack Perry for DF for uh, what was it an FT FTW rules. 
Yeah, I mean, it's FDW not so. It's the FTW Championship. It's not a legitimate title. It's um, it's basically Taz's old title from when he was in ECW that he used to just carry around himself. So it's kind of like a cool throwback kind of thing. Like it allows for personal feuds and stuff, but it's not actually a recognized championship. Can I just say that during this show, there were two title matches for titles that don't exist. Yes. <laughs> but <laughs> like, like, both of them, sick. like, actually, like, they make sense. So, like, the FTW thing is, like, it's, again, if we're talking canon, it's not recognized in any way by the company. It's mm. it's literally whoever holds it, just holds it. Um, yeah. Uh, and then, obviously, the whole thing with the the real world title is, I I kind of love it. That's fair. I have to say, I'm surprised no one has done the thing that happened in ECW when Sabu won it, and he just put like a sticker over it <laughs> with Sabu on it. Um, I kind of wish they did that because they've redesigned Sabu. the belt, obviously. <laughs> world title. Yeah, no, they've they've redesigned it, so it used to just have like Taz up on it, but then he just put a sticker over it with Sabu, like one of the white stickers. Is this like uh, when we were doing the WCW arc and uh, Lance Storm used to come out with the US title, but it was yes. just with a Canadian sticker over it? Literally, the it was that, but one of the white stickers that you'd like, That's you know, get in a stationery yeah. shop. I actually love that. Do you know, <laughs> sometimes I still dream of being a wrestler and I dream of winning the international title just so I can put a wee tricolor sticker over the <laughs> Union Jack. <laughs> <laughs> on the on the international title, <laughs> even my even my big dreams are driven by pettiness. That's fair. <laughs> Speaking of petty, the show opened up. What an opener! <laughs> what, C- what a segue! I try with CM Punk, whose whole thing is being petty with the real world championship. He's going to fight me now. He's going to fight you. But yeah, so Punk defeated Samoa Joe. Uh, in about 40 minutes and this 40 minutes was genuinely wow. a phenomenal match uh, I mean Joe it's been a while since I've seen Samoa Joe wrestle like this this is like wrestle like Samoa Joe yeah this is like TNA Samoa Joe and I don't know I, I, I would say it's you know a combination of he knows he probably hasn't got long left in the ring this is the biggest crowd he's probably ever performed in front of um, and also, well, like, I mean, he, it's the biggest crowd anyone's ever. I mean, apart no, from the poor few who are at Collision in Korea. Yeah, that's fair. But you know what I mean? It's like the crowd itself, like, the scope of that is just so grand. That, like, I mean, when the show team, started, by the way, the major, now there was Punk got a mixed reception, a lot of cheers, no, a Punk, lot of boos. Punk got booed horrendously oh, no, where I was. Where I was. Where I was, punk well, was booed. Where, and I, where I was, there was a real mixed reception, but a lot of cheers, a lot of boos. But mm-hmm. my God, when Joe came out, oh, it yeah. was there was ninety thousand people there. Eighty nine thousand of them were chanting Joe, Joe, Joe. Oh yeah, man! Everybody loves Samoa Joe. Like they, they really do. He's a, he's a great uh, Ring of Honor chat. Here's the thing: Why do you know why the Ring of Honor title wasn't on the line? Why was Punk's belt on the line? Do you know? Um. I mean, um, it's just that's just what the story was. I mean, I don't know if they're keeping the Ring of Honor title just for Ring of Honor pay per views. 
I assume it's because Joe Pope is winning. No, no, I assume it's because Joe won the uh, Ring of Honor. It's the TV title he has, and there's actually there's not. It's it's kind of just a prop that he carries. There's not really that many stories around us, um, and I mean, if they're gonna have Joe drop the title to somebody, mm. I assume it's somebody who's on the ascendance while he's on the way out, right? And, you know, Punk has the quote-unquote real world title. He doesn't really need the Ring of Honor TV title, you know? No, that's fair. That's fair. I was just kind of... I was surprised by it because I'm like, wait, why is... This is weird, you know? But then it, it kind of... Yeah, I mean, it wasn't it, like a title versus title thing or anything. Yeah, was... like it, it set up the winner, though, for me very quickly because I'm like, no, they're not going to let Punk lose that belt. Like, obviously, but he's going to have to I defend mean, it was, like, week. even without that, like, let's imagine Joe wasn't the Ring of Honor TV champion. Like, it was an amazing match. And, like, they had my heart in my mouth a couple of times. But, like, was the result ever really in doubt? I mean, kind of. Like, for one or two moments, it kind of was. But then I'm just like, wait, no, this makes no sense. Uh, but I didn't expect the Pepsi plunge. I'll be oh, honest with you. I really didn't. Um, it was such a cool finish. And, I mean, what's great about that move is, and the way they've done it, is they protected it so much, basically because Triple H didn't want them to do it, which is fair. Um, but it's been protected so much in wrestling now that when it does come out, it, it is like a WrestleMania all-in thing, so- which is what it should be. So there's just one thing I have with wrestling that I really don't like. And I'd like, I wish wrestlers had like, instead of finished moves, I wish they had, they were more like, uh, Brian Danielson in that they had four or five signature moves and any one of them could be a match gender. Cause sometimes you'll see a wrestler do like an insane, amazing move. And then they, the opponent kicks out of it because that's not their finisher. That's not the finish, yeah. Yeah, you know, and that really bugged. Like, I'd I'd love to see more wrestling matches end with, um, like either signature moves or even just particularly, like someone getting like a DDT or a superplex just at the right time or whatever. You know, and uh it was a like I completely agree. It was awesome to see like a Pepsi plunge live. Completely out of nowhere as well. I mean, when it happened, like when it happened, I was like, oh, this is going to be a Pepsi. Oh, my God, that's a Pepsi. (laughs) You know, it's that moment when you're kind of like, there's no way you're actually going to hit that. Because it's so well protected, not even just in that protect in the sense that nobody kicks out of it. Protect in the sense that you never bloody see it. it. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like when AJ does the Styles Clash now. Like, it's very rare. Yeah. You're like, oh, I I couldn't be lucky enough to be in the audience. (laughs) Or, or the when way this the, happens, or the way a Canadian a Canadian destroyer should be when you haven't seen one in five years and it happens to be like, oh my god, <laughs> you know. So yeah, I I think there is something to be said for protecting moves, and this yeah, match really no. kind of sums up why it is varying moves. Like I, like it's I just it annoys me when a wrestler wins with the same move mm. every time. Like I would I would love obviously wrestlers to have signature moves that are associated with them, but I'd love more matches to end, you know, in a more unexpected way. Yes, I agree. You know, but... So 
moving on from there, it was um, a six-man tag team match. So do you want to go through what happened here? Because, I mean, these are your boys. I don't want to uh, to, sp- to speak ill oh, of this. Oh, my. <laughs> well, would you speak ill of it? I mean, I don't like Hangman. Yeah, but there was five other... God damn, you're not going to condemn like an amazing six-man just because you don't like... All right, firstly, we're on the podcast now, we aren't are. we? Yeah, yeah, we are. What I mean, the fuck is your issue with Hangman? He's I, I, a saint. I don't like Omega either really that much. Um, I don't Who know. Who are you? <laughs> I don't know. I was just kind of like, oh, I'll go get a point or whatever at this point because I just like... No, no. I, I, I understand what you did. I, I just want to know why. I don't know. I was just kind of like, ah, oh, these guys are jobbers. But, you know, it's just kind of, I don't know. It just didn't, they just didn't have the big fight feel. I don't know why. Oh, it was weird. Man. Like, like I'm. And I like the Bullet Club. I like, I, I like Sting Blade. But I just, it wasn't, it didn't do anything for me. I don't really know why. Like, I would love, I would have preferred to see, like, a singles Kenny match and a singles. So would I. That, I think that's what it was. Match. I think that's what it was. Because for some reason, I, I think my brain is just automatically programmed by WDB to hate six mans. <laughs> I don't know. That's probably yeah. what it was. Okay, because do you I'm know like, what? Because I'm like, if it had been Jay Wyatt versus, so Jay Wyatt, Jay Wyatt versus Omega. Jay Wyatt, like, oh God, you poor thing. I know, right? <laughs> it, it, like, if it had been Jay versus Omega, I would have yeah. been like, oh, amazing. That's class. But because it's six man, I'm like, yeah, oh, it's going to be kind of. Joe, you're probably right there. WWE has kind of conditioned people to see multi-man matches as as inconsequential that's what weekly, it is weekly yeah. filler yeah. You know, yeah and that's what I, no. and, and, it, and I think to answer your question that's exactly what happened because I wasn't for not one moment was I able to get into it and I, I now I know why it just instinctively I was like no okay, I kind of well, hate this so but go on well, so I, I thought it. this was one of the matches of the night I so like I, I kind of agree with you that WWE has used multi-mans as just empty filler. But if you would give AEW a bloody chance, you would see that they have made multi-man matches like an art. So I I watch like AEW six-man matches or eight-man matches or whatever, and I'm just stunned at their ability to book these matches out and work them so that they don't look like a load of people cooperating so that they don't look like you know uh, two people get thrown out of the ring and it's basically a one-on-one or whatever um this match up aside from being just technically brilliant just a fantastic match like hard hitting like brilliant spots like Everton looking really fluid and natural not set up apart from all that the fact that it ended with Konosuke Takeshita pinning Kenny Omega like they one of the things that AEW gets criticised a lot is that um, oh yeah yeah they're really good in the ring but they don't uh, set up stories very well man Mm -hmm. this is a story and Konosuke Takeshita has pinned Kenny Omega like AW I actually think they do do stories but they do the majority of their storytelling in the ring you right. know, they don't they don't drag people out and do a 40 minute monologue you know you have 
we were brothers and you have, you know, setting out the plot points. You have betrayed me and therefore now at the next pay-per-view, I will wrestle you to event. Like they, they tell their stories in the ring. And you saw and it later. At, and now at WWE Fastlane Revenge. <laughs> yeah, now at Fastlane, I am going to avenge the thing that you did to me at the previous <laughs> pay-per-view. And if you have forgotten, here is a video package. And now you have seen the video package. And now that is like, mother of Jesus. Um, so, but actually a good example of it happened like later on in the main event where they told four or five different stories with no words, purely in the ring. Yeah. Like uh, MJF got Adam Cole up on the uh, commentary desk and ha- hauled him up for a ped- for a pile driver, and then couldn't do it. Couldn't get through with it. Let him like threw him down. And and then what? Did, what did Adam Cole do? He spun round and threw MJF on the desk and pile drove him on the desk. Like that's. Storytelling. Not every storytelling needs like a love triangle and a twenty-minute monologue, like um, this twenty-minute um, monologue that I've been giving you. And we will get to the main <laughs> event because that was one of the points I wanted to bring up. But it's yeah. a good, one. it's a good one. So look, um, the next match was actually quite good. It was a, a super kick party. FTR oh. defeated the Young Bucks. I have to say, I was Did surprised. You just say it was quite good. It was quite good. Give me uh, my ticket back. In retrospect, <laughs> give it back to me. I mean, look, it's it's FTR and the Young Bucks. It was it was it was everything that I expected that to be. The crowd made. Do you know what your problem is? You're the same what? as everyone else who watches AEW. You're bloody spoiled. You're used to five star matches now. That's you're just you're like eh, FTR Bucks five stars in Wembley in front of the biggest crowd ever. Kind of what I expected. It is. <laughs> But I didn't expect anything less. I mean, if it had been terrible, it would have been like, what was that? Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. It's FTR the Young Bucks. Four and a half stars. I want a refund. Oh, my God. I mean, the, I the hate young... wrestling media so much. And we're wrestling media. And they hate us. <laughs> I mean, what do you want me to say? It was 21 minutes of a solid match. It was 21 minutes of a goddamn brilliant match. I know. Come on. It Come on, come on, come on now, come on. <laughs> We're running it back just a bit. It, I've seen better. I've seen better books, Matt. Okay, you know the thing that 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 what could have made this better. Let's put it that way. Some kind of um, I don't know, pizzazz. Do you know? It's like the books had they had the flash and they had the thing, but there was nothing to different, differentiate this from any other FTR books books match. That was the problem. So. There was nothing to differentiate it from the two other FTR Bucks matches that That's have existed. That's the thing. That's the but thing. you sit and watch bloody, what do you call them, the New Day have the <laughs> same match with Usos 40 times. No, I won't. No, I will not. I will leave the arena because... <laughs> That's actually, yes, you're 100% right. You have literally done yeah, I I I have. I've literally. But it's still that. unfair that you leave it after the fortieth match for WWE. <laughs> but the Bucks and FTR will put on only their third classic, and you're like, oh, I've seen this five star classic before. <laughs> Look, there's different expectations. Well, AEW expect in ring Mac classics. 
That's yeah. all I'm saying. Yeah, that's yeah. Um, but I will have to say the placement of these show the matches were quite good because they didn't they didn't burn out the crowd, which I mean I was extremely surprised by. Oh man, I was the, extremely surprised by that. This whole show flowed incredibly well. Like um, every time I went to get out for a drink, like I was raging because I I missed something. Yeah, it was weird. They weren't really ones for the like. There was some downtime. But it was in like surprising places. The biggest downtime of the whole night and the, mo- the most painful moment of the night was Jericho singing. Um, <laughs> really, <laughs> that looked even worse on TV, man. It's so bad. Yeah, so bad. it actually, yeah, it wasn't that bad in the arena because like um, everyone was singing. Yeah, and the arena is yeah. not set up for like a concert, so it was quite echoey and stuff. So on TV, it was probably my god. Oh my god, I would. Like, I love, I love Jericho the wrestler. Yeah, Jericho I the wrestler is great. Would yeah. Not pay to go to a fuzzy concert. Well, look, they can't block me again. <laughs> so listen, Jericho. Actually, you hold have... on, he could still block me. So. <laughs> <might> Jericho, <laughs> Tara's views do not represent the totality of wrestling rewind. Listen, Jericho, buddy, gotta stop. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's I've, really bad. Like I've never been to a fuzzy. Game. Is he like? No, it's real bad. Like I, the re- so the review that got me banned was I was reviewing for uh, a place called Planet Mosh, and uh, they said here there here's some tickets to go see Fuzzy play, and uh, a couple of young fellas were were opening for them, and they were friends of mine, and um, yeah, they were great, and I was just watching the review. Uh, I was watching them play. And I realized that I'd been blocked on Twitter from the review of the fuzzy CD that I wrote like a couple of days before. So that review was me just saying how great my friend's band was and how bad fuzzy were. But here, here's the thing. He's on, uh, like, their singles and that sound really good. Yeah, it's called like, Autotune. Is, is that what it is? That's is what it is, of... yeah. So, like, it, it's weird because, like, Jericho released, um, fuzzy released uh, the first album, which is all covers, and it's all quite good. And they do, they kind of have one or two good songs, like, um, what was it, Happenstance? Is that the one that was afterwards? Enemy? You know, the one that TNA used for ages, which is very bizarre. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, um, that's a good track as well, but I think it is auto-tune. Like, even when I was watching it, watching it back, they had, like, Jericho miming. He was miming. Um, but it's why, like, why not have a mime? He was mime. No, he was miming, but they had him miming to a live track, but oh, that track Jesus. was auto-tune. And it was just this weird mix of like because you could awful. actually you could have him mime to the actual thing and that because he's a heel that could be yeah. part of his character. I mean, it worked you know, for Double J. You could you could even exactly you could even have him like deliberately mess up the miming. You know, all I'm that, saying, all I'm saying like is, a, all I'm saying is what they should do is, I mean, they had him backstage, could have brought out Double J. Yeah. <laughs> but but they couldn't brought it double J because backstage what they needed was the road dog. That's true. They needed a roadie, former number one contender, former number one contender. Three seconds so is away. It, is it then like, uh, and like I say this as someone who loves Jericho the wrestler, I have absolutely zero stake in Fozzy. Um, is it then the case that Fozzy is just a band that lets Jericho front because? It's his, Jericho. His fame brings. Yeah. Yeah. I look, I mean, and I think this is like they told like okay, where you really saw Jericho's um 
inability as a vocalist is when he did the Queen thing because obviously they're in Wembley and they were going to do a call and response to that. Ooh. But it yeah. was just it was just like, oh, you cannot hold this, buddy. <laughs> this hey, is not good. It's, yeah, it's, hey. it's, yeah, it's not good. But um, yeah, look, I mean, that was the most painful thing of the night, and the only thing that really like was let down by TV because when you're watching it on TV, like when you're there, I don't know what it was like for you, but when I was watching it, it kind of felt like a WWE show. Like, it, I mean, that in a good way. I mean, like the actual presentation of it was so good, it was like it was, WWE it was, level. Honest. So I was surprised when I watched it back because live in the stadium, it actually sounded pretty good. But then again, live in the stadium, like to say there was ninety thousand people. I was 11 points deep at this stage. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so what, what, what do I know? <laughs> it was just when, yeah, watching it back, it was the most surprising thing. And the only part, like, the only real down point of the show was Jericho singing. <laughs> and it's like, you know what? They should be like, listen, man, you, you can't. <laughs> You're just can't, determined can't do that never anymore. to get unblocked, aren't you? He won't unblock me. I've apologized before, but I mean, he's just terrible. Like, it's just bad, bad, bad performance. But anyway, so that was the only real kind of downside. But I have to say, so this was my first Stampede Stadium match that I actually watched a whole lot through. Because uh, I usually fast forward through it, you know. Um, oh, even through the original one? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. man. I, I, I always thought, like, like, it's definitely not the same now the crowds are back but see at the time with um like wrestling being the state it was during the pandemic like people really adjusting to there being no crowds i thought the original stadium stampede was just genius like, ah, yeah no it's good crack all right but i mean those kind of big spot fests i would always just kind of go to oh, anyway yeah. you know so it's an absolute spot fest because like, <laughs> you know, you're just kind of like right you're going not to even any question you know what right i was actually i was watching uh Jim Cornette's review of the show. Uh, <laughs> like, why do I have so many similar opinions to no, Jim Cornette? No. no. You just like, you don't. You don't. No. You're, you're just ill. You're ill. <laughs> no, and he was like, oh, and I was fast forwarding through some I'm like, oh my God, that's what I do. I couldn't believe it. I was like, Martin's going to be so upset. I know. I'm, I'm sorry, buddy. I, I, I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying. Just ill, darling. Just need, <laughs> <you> need help. <laughs> Remember, all the TNA, that's the problem. All the TNA. PTNASD. I, I have to undo all the TNA. So, you know, I'll get there eventually, but at the time it's just like, you know, it's like you get the white knuckle thing when something happens, you're like, oh my God, it's TNA again. <laughs> it's probably a good thing it was in the arena. Somebody had proper flashbacks. So I was looking at the uh, signs and somebody in like, the fourth row, so the fourth when, row, the fourth or the fifth row, right? Right. Um. So when I was trying to get tickets all in, I was like, "Look, this might be the only AEW show I ever see live, so I'm gonna splurge. Like, I'm gonna go all out and I'm gonna get the best tickets that I can." And I ended up spending two hundred and seventy pound for my tickets, wow. which were good, but that's good. We're, we're still. They weren't in the ground or anything. They were in the front, the first tier of tiered rows. Um, to get like a seat in the like the front, not the front, literal front row, like the front block of seats. You're talking about fifteen hundred pound, right? Oh my god! Someone had spent fifteen hundred pound 
to go to an AEW show and to hold up a sign that said uh, Twinkle Toes McFinger Bang. <laughs> so someone who hates AEW spent £1,500 to go to an AEW show just to hold up one of Jim Cornette's tired outs. Like, I just, I will never <laughs> understand that. A... Like, <laughs> like, it's like me spending £1,500 to go and sit in the front row of Payback with a sign that says, Roman, stop monologuing your way through matches. Like, it just... <laughs> Uh, why would you do that? No, I don't. Because I no. Do you know why I wouldn't do it? Because the goddamn air control traffic, whatever bunch of halfwits that they have in England who operate air control towers, <laughs> collapsed, and I was stuck in Stansted for three days, and I had to spend half my bloody wages in a shithole of a hotel. So oh, I man. don't even have a thousand pound to spend on berating Roman Reigns. No, but. <laughs> Worst of all, that's true. Poor Martin, he he got stuck in England. Um, but no, I mean, why would you why would you spend all that money to just put up a sign like that? It doesn't exactly. make any sense. It's crazy. Why would you spend so much to get in the front row of like, like a, a show of a company that you hate? Like what? I say it's just bad. It 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 genuinely goes to show. Like I think me and you, we have pretty strong wrestling opinions. Yeah, but we're not lunatics. No, I mean I think that's pretty unhinged. Like it's like listen, that's buddy, mad. You know, it's crazy. It's like listen, I don't know. I, I obviously in his head he was like, look, it's kind of uh, like this will show them. Tony, <laughs> Tony Khan will see this and then close down business. You know, he'll just he'll, he'll quit. The only person that Tony Khan listens to is CM Punk. Maybe if he had a oh. got here's here's what he should have done. He should have <laughs> met CM Punk, run up by him first, challenged him to a fight. Then did there you, you go. Did you see the the sign in the front row when CM Punk came out? No, <laughs> was it? amazing. It has to be in our book. Go uh, on. It, it looked like if you just looked at it, it just looked like a CM Punk sign. It had mm. like the crossed fists and the best in the world and then if you looked at the bottom of it it said best in the world at being a bitch <laughs> <laughs> and the oh dude had, and do you know what actually fair, <laughs> fair play to AEW because the dude held that up in the front row the whole way through Punk's match and nobody like, like no security was sent down to take it off him or anything like <laughs> Like he had beaten Joe and he was up celebrating and all you could see in the background was best in the world at being a bitch. <laughs> oh man, that's wonderful. That's definitely going in the book. Oh, Absolutely definitely, yeah. You should go back and like check the paper for that one because it was fantastic. I will, I will indeed. The lineup was weird. And I will have to say that, right? The lineup was kind of yeah. weird. Like, but again, you, you already had your your Bullet Club uh, quota hit earlier on in the night. The books yeah. had already have just lost. So they were kind of left a bit shorthanded. It was really cool. Like, I really like the best friends. I think they're gas. Um, I, I'm 100% with you. I do not get the hate because... I don't I understand think, it either. What's wrong with the gimmick's great. And they're actually yeah. both really good wrestlers. They are. They're like, phenomenal they're wrestlers. fucking, like, 
neither of them is going to win the world title anytime soon. But, but that's their gimmick. They're, they're like really good. They're like boogly. That's what they are. They're but they're the, proper boogly. But I don't even. I think they're above boogly because have you ever seen any of their? They've done two um, parking lot brawls. Have you seen either of the parking lot I have, brawls? I have. Yeah. They're amazing. Yeah. Like Penta was there. He was a good call because I mean Penta's oh. class. Yeah, he's, Eddie he's, Kingston made sense because you know he is actually legit heat with like a, a lot of the roster, and pairing him there with like um, you know Moxley and um, Claudio. Oh, yeah. it, it look, it all made sense. It, it was a very very uh, well put together match. Yeah. It was it the best match in the world. No, it wasn't supposed to be. Absolutely not. It no, was a way it was supposed to, get... to be plunder nonsense exactly yeah, that's exactly what it was it was plunder nonsense it had the big spots in it uh again moxley uh listen his wife is just she must just live in terror she must just live in terror <laughs> i my she, heart goes whatever whatever every, moxley goes every to time do. every when time I, i'm like that poor woman whenever this, moxley <laughs> goes to do a match uh Renee must ring him up and go, what time's your match on? And he says, eight o'clock. And at seven o'clock, she takes two sleeping pills <laughs> and, and then wakes up at 10 o'clock and Moxley rings her and says, I am alive. Yeah, because it's just like... The he's, worst a, part is, he's a lunatic. The, the worst part about it is she knew exactly what she was getting into. <laughs> and it's like, okay, I mean, maybe... But every time, like, you're just like, that poor woman must just live in fear because what he does to his body is he's is an absolute insane. insane. And you know what the best part is is that he does all this to his body but at the just, same time he was like oh man i had to quit drinking i was killing myself <laughs> what he's like, he's like i'm gonna staple this in what? my <laughs> like, okay. no, oh, quit rest- start drinking again quit wrestling the worst part about it is he's a millionaire doesn't have to do any of it but yes. he'll just go, I know what I'm going to do. I've got a rolling glass. <laughs> this is, again, why I love AEW. Because it is full of people who, for better or worse, just love wrestling. Yeah, the, that's like, like, So, like, you've all heard the story of Mox when AEW, when WWE sent him his um, offer of a contract, like his renewal offer. He says he didn't even open it. It was like tens of millions. He says he didn't even open it. He just, they weren't letting him do what he wanted to do. So he just left. And now he's getting stabbed in the head. <laughs> do you see the thing with the wooden skewers? Yeah, that was, was ter- That was terrifying. What is that? I don't know. Like, I, just, I, just... I don't know which is worse. Either they're, because they're standing up. So either they're in the skull or... They're, the tip of them is so narrow that they bend and they go in the space between the scalp. And that sounds even worse. I just don't know why he can't just have a match like a normal person. Yeah. He can't you know. just take his millions of pounds and have an eight minute match and go back to his hot wife. And he just doesn't That's it. Shit. He's like, no, I need to roll in all the glass, stab well. myself in the head, bleed everywhere. Get concussions and worry the hell out of my hot wife. Yeah. It's like, what but it's why it's why I it's why wrestling fans love him. It's why I love him. And I know we're only briefly mentioning it, but it's why even though it's not 
it's actually been a kind of a terrible build and the overall pay-per-view doesn't look great. It's why I cannot wait for All Out on Sunday because John Moxley versus Orange Cassidy is a goddamn main event. I cannot wait to see that. Well, even, even if the whole pay-per-view is crap, I want to see that. Well, we'll be talking about that next week because that is hasn't happened yet. It's happening on Sunday. Um, but I'm looking forward to that too, actually. The card looks pretty good, to be fair. It and does, the, for very little build. And, and the Ring of Honor title will be defended as well, actually. Oh, yeah. Can't wait. So that'd be pretty cool. Right. Um, so from there, there was... Uh, it's weird, right? Because I was talking to... I was talking to a lot of people last weekend, actually. Um, obviously, because it's, you know, everywhere you went. And I was wearing Very a bullet... handsome, amenable man. Why well, thank you. Talked? I was wearing a bullet club uh, hoodie, right? And obviously, you know, that just draws people to you. But, um, you know, I was talking to a bunch of people about the show. And they were saying that this was the down point for them. Uh, Saraya, uh Shahida. What? Yeah, I know. I was shocked. Uh, Shahida, uh, Britt Baker and Tony Storm. Now, look. I really like all of these girls. Um, I did think Britt Baker should have went over because she was like way more over than everyone else. But Sri's hometown, she got queen. Uh, it made all sense in the world for her to win. Yeah, and it was her moment. But, uh, but you know, like, I don't even, understand why people didn't like this. It was even weird. setting that aside, like okay, so so look, there was very legitimate criticism of the build to this. So. Yeah, I know. We'll give them that. Actually, that is yeah. very fair. Swim's yeah, match hasn't, but it wasn't built great. But yeah. I thought in this match they not only had like a technically it was just a brilliant match. Like it was, um, like it was really hard. Like they really laid it in. It was really hard hitting. It was really well structured. In that, you know, the way some way four way matches can can be a little bit like triple threats, and that they tend to devolve into like. Two people getting thrown out of the ring and then just lying outside for ages. the ring yeah. for five yeah. minutes while basically... No, I thought this was brilliantly structured. But what really got me about this match was, again, back to how AEW does their storytelling in the ring. You had four women in this match and Soraya is the one who won the world title. But mm. every single one of these women came out of this match looking better. So yeah. you true. had... Tony Tony Storm's new character, by the way, this this nineteen twenties diva thing she's doing is incredible. She came out of it with a whole new story around the breakdown of the outcasts and um, you know, Ruby Soho interfering and her telling her to stop and you know, Soraya telling her to stop. And then Soraya winning the world title. Yeah, the whole thing with Britt Baker. Britt Baker was in there, even though she didn't win the title. She mm. was the one who was pushed as, like, she was beating everybody. Like, she had everybody in the lockjaw. She had all the matches won. Um, Hikaru Shida came out as, like, the absolute unbeatable champion. Like, like she uh, she only lost when, you know, I can't even remember how it ended, but it was, it was like um, Britt Baker had her in something. And then... Tony Storm rolled up, or Soraya rolled up Tony Storm, and that's the only reason that Hikaru Shida didn't like uh, break it up or whatever. I thought this was unbelievably structured for a company that is rightly criticised about the way it handles women's division. I thought this was just the 
best bit of business I've ever seen. Yeah, no, I agree. I was deeply shocked when I heard people say that. I was like, what match were you watching? Because I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was it, it was fantastic. And like I say, even even if you take out the like all the story elements of it, like it was, it was brilliant four way match. Like it was, yeah, it was. Uh, it was honestly, God, it was one of my highlights of the evening. And then even just the the feel good, like Soraya winning the title in England in front of the biggest crowd ever four years after she was told or five years after she was told she'd never wrestle again like you have to be a real we're on the podcast we are oh god you have to be a real wanker not to just yeah not to to be able to just look at that and go ah that's brilliant exactly and that's that's kind of what it did for me i was like ah no this is you know even though i'm a bigger fan of the other girls in it yeah i was still happy for soraya you know same here because um Soraya or Paige was big in WWE during the period where I wasn't watching. So I right. have no I have no connection to her. You know, I have much more of a connection to Britt Baker and in fact Hikaru Shida would be my favourite of all of them. Um apart from maybe now Tony Storm's new character, which I just have have you been watching the weekly show? Uh no. Okay, so Tony Storm since she lost the world title She's been doing this character where she's like a 1920s film star. And she's like wearing these gowns and she doesn't trust anybody. And <laughs> it's, oh, it's, it's so good. And she does it so well. Um, but uh, yeah, just, I don't know. I, I would question anyone who, okay, people can have their different views, but anyone who says that this was the, Worst match or the piss break match? Uh, I'd question that. That's fair. The next match um, was kind of disappointing because I missed it. Uh, sorry, I, I wasn't there, uh, which was annoying because I was like, I, I hung out for as long as I could and then I was like, I'm fading fast. Oh. <laughs> so I, I, by the time I got back to the hotel, it had just finished uh, the Soraya match, but I did manage to catch the rest of the show. And man... Sting coming out to WCW, like his WCW music, Destroy. I was like, oh, you pack of bastards. That would have been so cool to be there live. So I was quite annoyed. I'm not not going to lie. Not only that, but Metallica, I mean, uh, it's between them and the Pogues, but Metallica is my favorite band, and Seek and Destroy is one of my favorite songs. Oh, Um, man, killer. this, This was a huge moment for me. I was just losing it. Tony Storm's character, actually, I just looked it up. That I'm all over this. She might be my new favorite women's wrestler. Oh, but you, should, you gotta look up her. Don't even bother with the like. Her matches are great because she's a great wrestler. But yeah, you just yeah. gotta look up the the uh, promos. No, no, I'm all over this now. Oh my god, this is the best thing, actually ever. It's oh, amazing. It's amazing, isn't it? Why hasn't this been done before? <laughs> Isn't you, it mad? You, yeah, you it's so absolute obvious. genius. It's such a good character. Oh, that's <laughs> brilliant. Fantastic. Um, Sorry, go on. So yeah, so Sting coming out with like completely unexpected. Like you know, you have to like hold on. WWE are are cheap as all hell when it comes to stuff like this because they could have done that with Metallica. Like again, Sting versus the Undertaker. You could have them both use Metallica music. It would have been great. Um, like silly question, like. So WWE 
they're literally they must be one of the richest companies in the world like between the world deals and our saudi blood money and whatever (laughs) else why will they not just pay bands for music man i have no idea it's genuinely have no idea it baffles me like do you know what i think i think it comes down to the same reason that they won't let uh wrestlers use their their names Mm. i think it's that they don't care if something is recognizable or good or whatever it's they just want to own it and if they don't own it then they they don't care yeah i think that's what it is because like the crowd popped for it anyway even if some didn't know that that was sting's music yeah everybody's you they can destroy like everybody yeah everyone else exactly yeah so it was a nice deep cut but also it was just a cool like arena oh, arena moment a, like oh, what an anthem like absolutely 90 000 people screaming such a head seek and destroy exactly like oh, it was it God. was very cool um darby allen look i'm not a big darby allen fan i i personally don't like him um it, I, I, I need to dissect your brain <laughs> No, 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 I'll put it into, I, I was, can put it into one moment. Was there someone in TNA called Barbie Ballon that no, really upset you? No, no, I can put it into one moment, right? Well, uh, like, you know when he goes off and does the coffin drop and misses? Yeah. Yeah, that, that. He's just unsafe. And I'm safe for himself. <laughs> and I'm like, listen, buddy. Yeah, that's his whole, that's his whole I, thing. That's, is that no, that's not, no, no, that's, no, that's not thing. Listen. He'd be, he's going to be crippled. <laughs> it's, yeah, that's not that's, fun. And then he like is like that's not just wrestling. That's like when he does his skating and his stunts and all. I that. know, that's... but he he like there are loads of kids wearing the shirt and looking up to him and dressed like and I'm like, listen, but yeah. you need to be a better role model, you know. No, so he's he's I, doing a more subtle MJF. He's he's just going fuck them kids, <laughs> but <laughs> but in a more subtle way. Uh, I don't know. I just. I don't know, and also uh, Christian Cage was out there, and I was, oh I, I'm God. loving this gimmick. It's the he, best gimmick listen, ever. It's I, the best I need gimmick you ever. to lead me oh. through at some stage. Christian Cage and TNA. He is the great. He is the greatest wrestler of all times. One of my, like in the past year, he has become one of my favorite wrestlers. Like, I can't. I can't believe. Like again, and you know, I, this is what I'm saying. It's why it's frustrating for me with AEW, right? Because I'm like, oh, they're a Christian Cage guy. I'm like, I know. I I know. I've known for 15 years. It was all in TNA and nobody saw it. Like, what he's doing now is like, he's just amazing. Like, his... his he's walking this... around with Luchasaurus's belt. Like, oh, man, it's so good. Oh, like, the, whole, the whole fodder gimmick thing is hilarious, too. Um, oh, <laughs> it's, it's, he's it's literally... So, for anyone who doesn't know, he's like exclusively <laughs> having feuds with wrestlers fathers are dead it's it's such an asshole you probably missed it because you don't watch the weekly show but he did a he did a promo uh, i think it was two weeks ago uh, where his family was in the audience right and that was like like kind of like oh it was done so well because it was like an attempt to humanize him but it was obviously like a really false attempt like it was deliberately done that way mm. so he was backstage with luchasaurus and himself and he's there holding luchasaurus's belt and then his daughter comes into the shot 
and he does the promo with one arm around his daughter going, you know, right here, I'm fighting for my, like people think I'm the bad guy. I'm out here fighting for my family. I'm doing what everyone else here is doing. I'm just trying to keep, you know, food in my family's table, blah, blah, blah. And the wee girl goes, daddy, can I hold the belt? And he goes, do you win this belt? <laughs> Do you think you get to hold a belt you didn't you didn't earn it? Like, get out of here. And then he kicks his child out of the... Oh, it's you're uh, you're honestly I think part of the reason that you don't uh appreciate AW as much as, as I think you would is uh is because you don't follow it week to week. I honest to God think there's look um, like I said to you earlier, I'm not going to pretend Dynamite or Collision are perfect, but man, there's so much stuff there that you'd love. Oh no, well that's the thing. I mean, like what what they've just like when when AW's cooking now, like this match specifically, this was a TNA match. Oh, I, but... you know, this is what this was though. This was a this was a casket match that I've seen in TNA. Uh, with, like literally, like when we're going through TNA, you'll see these kind of matches pop up. Uh, and it's just like Christian Cage and Sting had their two best career runs there. Yeah. Um, but like, it's just, it's, it's great. Like it's, I'm watching the show specifically on television as well. It's like the production value is so much better than TNA. It's like, it is like WCW, modern WCW. And I mean that in the best possible way. I don't mean that as a dig. No, it's no, just, I, I completely get what you mean. Cause it's just, lot... genu- it just genuinely is like, it looks exactly like WCW would now. Cause it is, you know, uh, so it, it's like it, it's like you're getting really choice cuts from TNA in WCW, which is what it always should have been. Yeah, which and, is fantastic. Which is great. It's fantastic, yeah. And this match was was, was really really good. Um, Can but, we like so obviously we've gushed over um, uh, Christian Cage very deservedly, yes. but can we also talk about? 62 year old sting oh man just absolutely out there killing it in the ring like like we're not going to pretend he's he's like peak sting as he was when he was you know in his 30s or whatever but my god like he's he's not out there like a legend who's been carried through a match like he's no he's out there working he's brilliant yeah sting's amazing but sting's always been amazing that's the thing, and I, you know what's what's interesting is these hardcore matches actually sue him quite well. Um, yeah. Because again, like he he's he is that little bit older, but it yeah. also gives him time to shine. Like I mean, being in being in there with Darby, who's intent on being a cripple in four years, <laughs> um, it's like okay, man, you want to do that? Go nuts! It's like the Jack Perry thing. It's like you want to use glass here, use all the glass in the world. Yeah, um, you know, and it's just like, hey, you want to be a cripple? It's like cool. I hope you're able to do wheelies in the wheelchair because that's what's going to happen. Uh, like, com- the, the oh, coffee. I got <laughs> so not to not to toot my own horn here, but um, during the uh, show, I was um, like that. Sorry, know, that coffin drop onto the coffin was it's horrendous, horrendous. It's no yeah. reason to hurt yourself like that. It's it's insane. Sorry, go on. here's here's what I don't get from wrestling fans is like who who goes oh no reason to do this or do that. Like the whole point is that they're out there to hurt themselves for our entertainment. I don't, no, I don't think so. so I mean, I, when I see that, I'm not like, like Darby Allen does, Darby Allen does something 
mental. Like my instinct isn't to lecture him. My instinct is to go, oh my God, <laughs> thank you so much, you lunatic. Yeah, I know, I know. And it's not a lecture. It's just kind of like, you know, you want them to have a career. <laughs> so, did Mick Foley teach you nothing? The man can't walk upstairs. Like, yeah, he can, <laughs> but he also had an amazing career. Like, that's true. You know, like it, it all comes down to, like, what do you want? Nah, that's <laughs> you know? fair. That's fair too. I mean, yeah. and, and that is really the two sides of it. But like every time I see him do it, I'm just like, can you slow down a bit? Like just, just a bit. It's just, 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 a, just a bit. Like it's like what you're saying with, with uh, John Moxley. It's like, you know. Yes, Mox is just, but like even what I say it about Mox, I say it out of like admiration. But like, it's like what we say about yeah. chair shots. It's not like what we say about unprotected chair shots. When we're watching them from back in the day, we're like, oh, it's a great chair shot. But also like, oh man, you know, it's just this. One, yeah, one would have been amazing. Didn't need four. Yeah, it's, even still though, you're like, man, that, that made a great sound. But then you're also like, man, that was someone's skull. You know, <laughs> like, you know like, you couldn't have put one hand up. No, just just the one up. No, okay. <laughs> or like Ken Shamrock, just take it full in the face. <laughs> Ken Shamrock was like, "No, it's fine. My nose will protect me from the blow." <laughs> oh man, my my anger will protect me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, oh like so, look, the match itself. So the match itself was great. It was it was a good time had by all. Uh, we are going to we, we I I give you my word. We're going to watch more Christian Cage from TNA. Oh, he like again, like uh, we were talking with Terry Funk earlier, and I completely admit I have not seen his like back catalogue. Like my uh, knowledge of Punk doesn't. My knowledge of Funk doesn't come from Funk himself. It comes from like his Japanese death matches with yeah. McFoley and stuff like that. Same with Christian Cage. I, until he started in AEW and until you started telling me about his TNA run, I've only ever seen him as like Edge's partner. And now he's he's one of my favorite wrestlers. Like I love him so much. Oh man. And I mean, that's kind of like the sad part. But like when he showed up on Impact, he's like, I'm going to define myself. And he did. And we're going to go through it because it's like, there's just such phenomenal stuff from Christian Cage yeah. that I don't even see him I see Christian Cage and Christian as two totally different wrestlers because they are they're like completely different there's Edge's partner and even still then when he was doing the Christian you're on your own thing is, is brilliant but when he when he makes that transition to add Cage onto it different ball game look Aww. speaking of which Will Ospreay uh, defeated Jericho and look I, Will Ospreay in the ring is amazing now listen I, Dara before you review this match I'm not going to review. Uh, I'm going to say something controversial. But go I on. Think, I think you need to review the match and the entrance separately. I don't think it would be fair to no. drag down the match. <laughs> no, I'm not. I've already said what I said. You've said what you I've said, said about, what Jericho's said about entrance. Jericho's entrance. It's not fair, right? <laughs> Will Osprey talking, and as a person, I cannot stand. Uh, he does the whole bro, bro, bro. We mean bro. Yeah, bro. I can't stand it. I'm like, cut the man's tongue out, please. Yeah, I like uh, to call Brav, mate. Maybe yeah. I call you Mike, Brav. Yeah, I hate it. It's like, cut the man's tongue out or, you know, sew his mouth shut. And it'd be brilliant. Just never say anything, please. Never never say anything ever again. That's why and he gets we over so well in New Japan. Nobody can understand him. That's the thing. And I think that's that's the appeal of it. It's like, if you have no idea what he's saying, <laughs> you'll be fine. Because he says nonsense. He, he, the man cannot cut a promo. 
because uh, he's not saying any words. He's just nonsense saying bruv over and over again. It's like, cool. Bruv, gotta go up the apples and pears. Exactly. Look down like Luftwaffe in 1942, bruv. Yeah, yeah it's right? To- it's total nonsense. That's it. It's it's complete nonsense. And I'm just like, all right, man. That pork pies where you are. But that's why, <laughs> but that's why like, you know, it, it's weird because it's like, right, when he's not talking, He's unbelievable. And in the <laughs> ring, he's probably one of the best wrestlers in the world. Sensational. But the minute he starts talking, oh my God. You know what they need? Actually, they kind of they kind of figured it out. Having Don Callis out there actually helped a great deal because Don Callis is a great talker. Just let Don say everything. Never speak. They should do an angle where all his teeth get smashed in. You know, he's in actually, real life. And then he, he never talks ever. He's, he's actually one of those ones that I, I would let him talk in very... Limited capacity. It's like Lashley. Actually, sorry. It's only like Bobby... to get over how much of an unlikable he is. It's like, it's like Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley can never talk either because he talks like Michael Jackson, right? <laughs> so he does. So he talks like Michael Jackson. And I mean, that's the thing. Will Osprey talks. I don't know what he talks Bobby like. Bobby Lashley. I'm going <laughs> to the hell out of you and take your title. What do you got to say? <laughs> <laughs> that's what it's like. So they figured out having, having MVP with him there actually helps. And it does. Same thing here. Don Callis should just speak for Will Osprey all the time. Because it's Don, like Don I know Callis, this, by I, the way, is I, amazing. I know disrespect to anybody obviously who's who's English or whatever, we have a big English fan base, blah blah. But the the whole London bruv thing is very incredibly annoying. It's it's like it's like when you're in Dublin and someone's like, Oh fucking Jesus, oh hell yeah. That's yeah. also very annoying. But so no imagine, one's on yeah, television. Imagine. Just, Imagine you had a wrestler who's... He was just Patrick like, oh, boy, yeah. Just the land you know. of a Euro. Yeah, it's like, oh, boy, you got to land the Euro for a hostel. That's literally... That's literally the equivalent. For our listeners who don't understand why we're annoyed, it's literally that, like. It's the equivalent of that on wrestling. And I just... I, I can't handle it. You're not even saying anything. If you're a wrestler in Cork who's like, catch just, bye. <laughs> bye. All right, bye. <laughs> Yeah, it you know when you know when Becky forgets herself and her North Dublin accent comes in, it's not even that strong. Like, yeah, and there's a reason for it because it just bugs people. And yeah, Will Osprey's accent annoys me. And it's not even wrestlers. It's it's um, I found it with all Irish celebrities in the US. Do you ever notice that they all have to like, even if they slowly, yes, even if they keep their accent, they have to slow it way down. Yeah, you have to. Because even so quick. even McGregor does it when he's like, like, you know, ripping into someone and taking the piss out of someone. He like slows it way, way down. <laughs> That's because Irish people speak really fast. Uh, do you know what? I I think we just I think we're just blessed with the ability to speak faster than other people can think. Fair. That is fair. Uh, but look, I mean, it's not. It's bullshit. But it's <laughs> that aside. That aside, so with those two provisos of Will Osprey and Chris Jericho, actually, ironically, uh, not yeah. ironically. Well, I know you're funny, build, I know you don't want to, but I know you're building up to saying some nice things about this match. I so am. just no, no, ripped but, the bandaid off, Tara. No, but fun, funny enough, the same problem is the voice here. That's the problem here. If you just if you put this on mute, you're you're good to go. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so. I'm, we're just going to park that there and put that there. So it's any takeaway from this. It's like wrestling good, voice bad, right? Um, and w- once the bell rang and we were into this 14 minutes, it's probably one of the best Chris Jericho matches I've ever seen. I 
could not believe it. Genuinely. And I mean, For... look, I think that Jericho has kind of slowed down a very bit. Because obviously, I mean, he's getting up there, right? But he was doing stuff in that ring that he hasn't done since ECW. I, I, I couldn't. I was, honest to God, expecting, not even expecting, I was hoping that this would be like, uh, I don't want to sound like a dick. I was kind of hoping that this would just be not embarrassing. No, even I mean, if, he's in there with Will Osprey. Yeah, even if there it was but even if it wasn't good, I was just hoping that, you know, this would just be like not embarrassing. It was fucking fantastic. Yeah, but he's in there with Will Osprey. And Will Osprey is genuinely Will one of amazing, but I, the best wrestlers of all I time. Don't, I don't think I don't think Osprey could have done this on his own. I think No, he couldn't have Jericho I mean, has, like you say, changed the style. I I mean Absolutely and expectedly, but um, has changed he's getting in a L way now. that really suits him. Like, yeah, I was honestly, and like you say, I'm a big Jericho fan. I'm a big AEW fan, and even I was taken aback by how fucking good this was. Yeah, it was. It was unbelievable. It, well, I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't. It was unbelievable. That they managed to pull it off, and actually yeah. retain. Like the crowd were into this. Pretty much from the get-go, because having Mass, a little sing-song yeah. is, is always a good thing. But at the same time, I was still shocked that with the with the crowd uh, being so into it, they were still able to, you know, calm down and enjoy it because it was a slower-paced match than also I was expecting. Wow. It had these re- it had these really kind of uh, fast segments and then like really cool, like as I said, Jericho really wanted to go. Well, I I can still do this. Now, could he? Did he hit everything? No. No. But but that's why I think this style of match still works. Actually, it goes back to the Punk Joe match because, like, on a wrestling show, not every match needs to be the same. And AEW has more than enough guys who can go 100 miles an hour for 12 minutes, Mm. you know? So it's actually a nice change of pace when there's a match like Punk or like Jericho where it's a wee bit more methodical, a wee bit more, not to not to set you off, uh, cerebral. <laughs> um, you know, but like you have that kind of three-ring circus approach to wrestling where it's all right if you didn't like the lucha doors, you'll you like the the strongman or the, the strongman or the you like the whatever you like the technicians or you like the old-school grapplers or you like the hard-hitting, you know. Uh, New Japan guys, or you like John Moxley actively trying to commit suicide in front of his wife. <laughs> but yeah, so that's kind of what this match was. It was 15 minutes of one of the best matches you'll probably see this year. Is, not, I was stunned. Yeah. I couldn't believe how good it was. Well, I mean, yeah, it, it's still crazy. Like, it really is. And, you know, I have to give credit to two of them. As I said, it's a shame that um, Jericho decided to harass everyone's ears <laughs> and will osprey talked but other than that i think that's a, i think that's literally like i love jericho and part of his ego is part of his character like that's part yeah, of what but, you love about him but, but, but that... he gen he gen like he's crossed the point i call it the hogan effect oh where, yeah he's lived so long in it he can't tell the difference and it's also he happened to the punk 100 did that because he wants to be able to say that 
He's sung at Wembley. Fozzy, fo- no, no, not even, he wants to be able to say Fozzy played in front of 90,000 people. At Wembley. That is it. Yeah, yeah that's, that's purely that's, it. That's purely he, it, yeah. Do you know what? In fact, he was probably meant to beat Osprey and Khan told him, look, if if you put Osprey over, I'll let you, I'll let Fozzy sing. <laughs> that's probably what happened. That's, that's probably, probably what happened. Legitimately. So, so look, the next the next match confused me greatly, right? So this, when I was walking into the arena, I saw loads of these scissors. Oh. I saw loads of signs saying "Scissor me, daddy ass." I was so fucking confused by this, and the whole scissoring... "Scissor me, daddy ass," not "Scissor my daddy ass." <laughs> Very different. So I was so confused by this whole thing that I had no idea what it was. And you know, have, I was have just any like, idea of the background. Look, I know that Mister Ass is called Daddy Ass for some reason. So, but I don't know what the scissoring so thing is. You know, his sons, the Gun Brother, or the Gun—they're called the Gun Club. Yes, I did know. Right. That. So basically, he was in there with his two sons. Originally, he was with them, and they were called the Gun Club. Right. And they got in a feud with Danhausen. Right. So they never, like, no asses were ever mentioned. Like, they basically, they never even referenced, like, any of his WWF names or anything. Right. <laughs> but Danhausen got in a feud with him and the guns. And he used to call, do you know, Danhausen has his funny names for people. He used to call Billy Gunn Daddy Ass. Because <laughs> he used to be badass Billy Gunn and he was the gun's father. Yeah. So, he used to call him Daddy Ass and the Ass Boys. <laughs> <laughs> they, they used to do a whole thing like, like don't call us Ass Boys. And like, <laughs> see what I mean? It's like you're coming in on the the far end of these things that actually have really good builds. Right. So anyway, um, the guns and the... Uh, uh, acclaimed had a had a feud and it turns out that the acclaimed and daddy ass got on really well and daddy ass ended up like leaving his own actual kids to go and join the acclaimed and the acclaimed do this thing called scissor me and it's kind of a mix because uh the acclaimed are like one of them is gay and one of them straight and one of them's like uh uh Republic, like as in Yankee Republican, or right. one of the Democrat, and they're it's a whole they have this whole mix mismatch team thing. So, as part of that, instead of like shaking hands or whatever, they go scissor me, which I don't know if you're aware of has certain um lesbianic connotations. And is that what they're trying to invoke? Yeah, yeah, they're well, okay, well, okay, so it is literally scissoring then. Yeah, well, I mean, but they don't do it with their legs; they do it with their fingers. But they actually okay. have a—they actually have a finishing move where Max Caster will hold up um, whoever's legs on the ground, and then oh, I can't even think of your man's name. But the other guy will like drop a leg, like do a leg drop between their legs, and it's called scissor me timbers. <laughs> but so anyway, makes, so, so that makes way whole, more sense because they do the I whole was... scissor me thing, and yeah. then Daddy Ass joined them, and it became. Scissor me, daddy ass. <laughs> it's just. Oh, you're missing out. 
You're missing out so much, Dad. So, uh, so I was, I was horribly confused by these walking through. I was like, "What is going on here?" Um, yeah. So, thanks for explaining that to me because during the <laughs> dur- during the actual show, I was still confused while I was watching. I was like, like I, ca- I can imagine if you're not a wrestling fan and you see someone walking down the street with a t-shirt that says scissor me daddy ass like i could see you being horrified <laughs> i mean that was kind of my reaction to all these i could see the... someone seeing that t-shirt with no con no context and like writing a letter to the times talking about the downfall of society <laughs> look i'm not gonna lie w- walking through and seeing all the kids holding the signs saying scissor me, i'm like what is going on here <laughs> like i i'm not a parent i i you know and even to, i'd be like listen you know, this is a bit much. <laughs> but no, and then, it's like but, any any shit when kids ask, you just lie to them. What, daddy? <laughs> what scissoring? Well, it's when you cut paper with a pair of scissors. Like, what do you yeah. think it is? You fucking idiot. To be fair, and that's like they did sell. Uh, uh, AW were well on it with you know selling like big foam scissors, which is still so stupid, but also so funny at the same time. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so stupid, but uh, yeah. So this match. Obviously, again, like I, I was missing a lot of context, but you know, House of Black are cool. Uh, they pretty much did a behemoth entrance, which was you know oh, awesome. Was, yeah, the the entrance, like I really like the House of Black, and they're all they're all really good wrestlers. In fact, I think Brody King mm. might be one of my favorite wrestlers. But even I'm not going to argue that this is like the match of the night or anything. Yeah. This this was all about the entrances. And the story and the scissoring and <laughs> yeah, so that was pretty cool. I think everybody really enjoyed it as well. Um, and watching it on TV was quite cool. Uh, the commentary really made this. And actually, to be honest with you, the commentary helped fill in a lot of gaps for someone who like that's kind of the job of commentary. Yeah. And without like one thing that the AEW have over WWE and and have had pretty much from the beginning is they're not when they are telling you what's going on, it's not, they don't beat you over the head with it. All right. They, they, they actually just explain it and then stop, which is great. Can we do a a challenge, Dara? What's the challenge? So we got all out coming up this weekend, right? Um, and I'm kind of certain that given that we just had all in and then all out, that that's going to be, the end of one cycle, right? Yeah. And that it's going to be like there's a good few months now until the next pay per view. I think the next pay per view is maybe full gear, maybe double or nothing. But it's it's probably not going to be towards the end. It won't be till like November, the end of November, right. right? So I'm saying after all out, because that'll be like a clean slate. For four weeks, would you watch Dynamite and Collision every week? Yes. And then kind of just report back what you think. Yes, I can do that. Okay. Because I think that'll be an interesting experiment because that'll be post-pay-per-view. It'll be like a clean slate. Like it won't be thrilling stuff because obviously because they only do so many pay-per-views a year, it's got a slightly longer, slower build. But I think it's important rather than come into a like a show like with um you know in the middle of a storyline i think that would be a fairer representation of what to do okay we can do that we can do that 
So the acclaim. I'm going to did... hold you to that. I think that's no, going to no. be an interesting that's experiment. Fair. So the acclaim did win with Billy Gunn, and what I did like at the end of this match, they're like, "We promised you that you would, you know, not only reclaim who you are, but you'd be walking out here as a champion, and now you are." And I was like, "Oh, that's actually lovely." Was, I, I thought it was a really, really, and then he put the belt on him, and he had a bit of a cry, and it was, you know, it was actually really nice. It was like a really was, cool moment. It was um, fantastic. And do you know what you actually missed this week on Dynamite? What he came out this week, and uh, the acclaim presented him with the new titles. So they've taken the trio's titles, and they've turned the the strap like bright pink, yes. and they've changed where do you know where the the buckles clip at the back. Yeah. They've chased them into two scissors that interlock. <laughs> so that you put the belt on by scissoring. It's just ridiculous, but it was the best crack. No oh, man. I, I'm actually just having a look at it here. That's hilarious. <laughs> so look, real quick, because it's near it's nearly four in the morning here. Oh my god. So MGF versus Adam here. Cole. On late night wrestling. On late night wrestling. MGF did win. He got the victory uh, in a twenty in a thirty minute victory. And I'll be honest with you, when I walked in, right when I actually when I was leaving, I ran into two girls on the way in, and they're like, "Oh my god, did I miss it? Is it over?" I'm like, "No, I'm just knackered." And, <laughs> and they're like, "Oh my god!" And they're like, "They were kitted out fully in MGF gear, right?" Oh I yeah. Like, I was like, "What?" And they're like, "Yeah, oh my god, I can't wait to see MGF." And I was just like, "What?" And these weren't like. Girls MJF. with their boyfriend. No, hold on, sorry. These weren't girls with their boyfriends or like whatever. These were girls who, who real were life solely, girls? Yeah, who were solely going with each other to the show to go see MGF. And I couldn't believe it. I was like, Well, I guess MGF is like super over. And then even when I was there, I was seeing like MGF signs everywhere. And I was like, yeah. Wow, he's really over. And look, I don't understand it. I don't get it. But uh, you know what it is? It's fair play to them. It's the same thing. You haven't been watching the show weekly, so you haven't been seeing what he's been doing you see mjf is one of those wrestlers who's so good at his character like he's like like um roman reigns was or Mm. roddy piper was he is so good at being a heel Mm. that he actually gets over see when i see him i just uh kevin nash's voice just pops up (laughs) and that's what happens immediately and i'm like you know what you need before you watch any new wrestling Go on. A therapy. <laughs> you need to get over a lot of the issues you have before you can properly appreciate wrestling again. <laughs> does Kevin Ash's voice just pops up? He's like vanilla midget, and that's and I, I can't. I, I I just can't get rid of it. I'm like, oh, okay. So that's what, and that happens with MJ. the minute I see him. That's it. That's the only thing I think about. So nothing else. So you might be right. Yeah. Oh my god. Um, but no, like he. But I do so, like Adam Cole a great deal. I'll be honest with you. Adam Cole's class. Oh yeah, so. and he's even smaller than. MJ. I know, but, I, but it doesn't trigger like it's, it's like an automatic trigger, thing. It doesn't, doesn't trigger, trigger Kevin Nash. DNA <laughs> and Kevin Nash wasn't TNA for ages. Yeah, so it's probably. Probably related, but I don't know. I just think Adam Cole's cool and MGF is kind of lame. But, uh, you know, I know you're dying to go to bed, but I, 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 I'm, I'm no, go I'm, on, talk. I I'm want you to gush. I want you to gush about this. Go on. This was not just an amazing match, like we briefly touched on it earlier about how AW do their storytelling in the ring. This was a masterclass, a 
masterclass in storytelling in like it would have been so easy in this match to do like the breakdown of a friendship and the betrayal and you know the one of them wins by cheating with a low blow or whatever but aw the balls on them to do this match where they both kept turning on each other but when it came down to like really like genuinely injuring the other person they both stopped and then even when the person won the other person the person who won almost felt guilty and went to console the person who lost and they have these they have these ROH tag titles to like complicate matters further and this is the best storytelling that has been done in wrestling in years it is the adult version of the bloodline because the bloodline doesn't tell stories like that it doesn't tell stories like in the ring and it uh aw's all about show not tell and the bloodline's all about loudly monologue the plot points of the story as we are doing them during the match this was like subtle and clever and gripping and it was drama in the truest sense in that if this had been like incorrectly handled or mishandled you could very easily and very justifiably label it like trite melodrama but it wasn't it was so well done that when MJF and Adam Cole at the end of the match, even after beating the hell out of each other, even after both attempting to cheat on each other, even after both almost like permanently injuring the other person, when they hugged at the end of this match, 90,000 people like genuinely felt it, genuinely lost their minds. Like this is the best story in wrestling. I mean, as I said, it had some really cool moments in it that I think you're right. If I had of, if I was in, as invested as you guys were, probably would have been more special for me. Uh, yeah. But but judging by the fact that, like, look, forget what I say because you know, right or but wrong, no, it is what no, it I, is. We won't forget for you what you say because it's actually fair enough. Because whenever we review WWE pay per views. I'm kind of coming from your point of view. I don't watch the weekly show, so I'm watching them kind of cold and without context. So it's, no, but, it's kind no, of only fair enough. No, I appreciate that. But what I'm saying is, like, there were 80,000 people there, over 80,000 people there, right? And, I mean, as I was walking in and walking out, there were two signs that were everywhere. There were two bits of merch that were everywhere. Things about scissoring, things about MJF. <laughs> Right, so I mean, they were the two most over things on the night. Scissoring yeah. and MGF. Yeah. Yep. So they, they can't all be wrong, you know. He's, he's mad over, but again, like um, I, honest to God, before we do like a kind of an overall score or whatever, I genuinely think post all out i think you should commit to four weeks just four weeks um 
and I won't make you watch Rampage. <laughs> Just four weeks of dynamite and collision every week, and and then even uh, like uh, we won't even have a point to it. You'll just have at the end of it. You'll just have an analysis. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's kind of like when we were watching Raw, you know, or the Heat. Yeah, oh god, that was a great arc. Wasn't you know, it? and it kind of it filled in a lot both, of both the of us are so excited every week to come on. <laughs> like, oh god, you see Raw? Oh, so good. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things. You just, yeah, it's one of those things where you just kind of, you know, you need the context. And at the end of the day, like these are weekly shows. So, you know, sometimes we do ourselves a disservice, but again, it is kind of, you know, you're trying to find, you know, you're you're trying to cover it and there's so much rest than to cover. But no, I think I have, because I mean, when AEW started, I actually did watch, I watched Dynamite every week and then I went to Paris and got out of the habit. So yeah, I think I'm, I'm due a trip back. Like even, um, even when I watch now, like the, so AW had its, or Dynamite had its 200 ep- episode there a couple of weeks ago. And um, they did the old, like the old intro hmm. and they had the old set and everything. And even I was looking at going, God, I, I actually genuinely miss like sort of the first three years like it was different like yeah. it has changed over the years and i mean i get i get that it had to change because you know they got like loads of network money and new shows and you kind of have to you have the roll with it yeah you know like it's just one of the sad realities like it, it isn't it isn't the same show that it was when it uh, started no but it is for me it's it's even though it's not the same show, and I do miss that, I think it's still the best weekly wrestling show on TV. That's fair. So look, after experience it in person, actually, let's do it this way, right? Yeah. The show in person and the show on television, because I didn't, I didn't see all the show in person, right? Yeah. Um, you did. So what would you rate it on te- so, in person first? Okay, so I I think that's a really, really good way to do it because in person, this was A++, like one of the best shows ever. Um, But you have to acknowledge that a lot of that is down to atmosphere, anticipation, 90,000 people being there live, blah, blah, blah. Um, I did then, whenever I was stuck in... Uh, hotel <laughs> Stansted for three days trying to get home. I did then watch uh, the show again back. Mm. I think a fair uh, summation of the show is A minus. It was a tremendous show. Couple of niggles. The niggles were explainable, you know, in that, like, uh, so one of the matches we were supposed to get was. Omega Brian Danielson too, mm. like, like can you imagine? Like just that would have just been the end. That would have been un- that would have been unbelievable. Yeah, I would just watch that match and then committed Harry Kiri. That would have been <laughs> <laughs> Sepaku. That would have been the end of it. Um, but we didn't get that because Brian Danielson's injured and he is. Yeah, you know some wrestlers couldn't get their visas and you know it happens. So it does. But even if a niggle is explainable, it doesn't 
change the fact that you know we didn't get those matches. So I thought it was a fantastic show, just short of of like all time great, but I think A minus is fair overall. Okay, and what about on television? No, that's that's like uh, live. I would say A plus plus, but on pay per view, I'd say A minus. Okay, that's fair. I think that's a fair uh, assessment. I'd give it, I'd give it a strong B, um, on television. Uh, I think in person again, it's unlike anything ever. It's oh, amazing. Yeah. Like the experience, it's just, just it's just unbelievable. It's ridiculous. Uh, it really is. Um, just like, was, like there are certain things when you're looking down and the crowd like around the ring were like vibrating. <laughs> It actually never it seen kinda, that before. It kind of goes like to show, like, because we don't really get it this side of the Atlantic, because we don't get like, no, we don't, we don't get that. it. No, no. But it it kind of goes to show how like you can be watching like a WrestleMania that's kind of terrible, and the crowd's going wild, and you're like, why? This is a little shite. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and I, I think a lot of it's got to do with with the crowd. Yeah, yeah, but you but know? but they're they're live and they're seeing the like. The entrances alone were amazing. The fireworks were amazing. The like, like you say, the the music. Like when Sting came out to seek and destroy, like that could have been the worst match in the world. It wouldn't matter. Your memory of that will be amazing. You know. So there's a cool sign on AEW apparently, and it says CM Punk, no flips, just fits. <laughs> <laughs> Best in the world, being a bitch. <laughs> That's going in the book. I swear to God, it's going in the book. It's it's too good not to. Oh, um, brilliant! Yeah, punk being sort of a bitch. Right. Like, come on, you're on a multi-million-pound contract. Fucking shut up. Do your matches. Like, <laughs> just shut up. I love you. I love you, but shut the fuck up. Do, oh, do your wrestling. Just pretend to fight and go home. Yeah, you're not you're a fucking do. wrestler. You're not a fucking diva. You're a goddamn wrestler. Just wrestle your matches. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, man. Sorry to be so harsh with you. And I know you're a fan. I know you listen every week. <laughs> but just do me a favor and shut the fuck up and just <laughs> fucking wrestle. That's all he has to do. And then go home and spend his million dollars. Spend your money and ride your hot wife and pet, <laughs> pet your ugly dog. Do whatever you fucking want. But for 20 minutes a week, will you give me one fucking match for the millions you're paid, you fucking dickhead? Just give me one fucking decent match. <laughs> you know what they should... Do you think, like, they just have a contract with Punk Chris? Like, listen, no fights, no being a dickhead, or you don't get paid. Yeah. There you just, go. Yeah. <laughs> It's called the Irish just be sound. Be sound. Just be sound. Like just you don't be... even have to have good matches. Just be sound. <laughs> right? Oh man, he he's a funny guy though. <sighs> but yeah, I look. I'll be honest with you. For the experience alone of while the match is going on, the two lads beside me are talking about the backstage drama as it's happening. Uh, a A plus experience. <laughs> it was hilarious. <laughs> Uh, you know, my only regret is that's so upsetting. But but again, uh, it's because I'm invested in the way you aren't. Oh, uh, I was just so my day. Like as soon as that happened, I went <laughs> off and bought a bunch you of CM Punk merch. You were I like, uh, I can't wait to take the piss out of Martin. <laughs> <laughs> I went and bought a bunch of CM Punk merch. CM Punk merch. I'm like, this is amazing, <laughs> best thing ever. But 
<laughs> you know, I mean, it was just, um, yeah, it was super cool. I, my only regret is that I was so tired. And I wouldn't, folks, if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, I'm going to fly halfway across the road and then go do anything afterwards. You can't. You, you really can't. You, all you want to do is go to bed. And unfortunately, that does win no matter how much you don't want it to. Even when it's on a historic wrestling show like this, because this show is yeah. actually can, a must watch. It's brilliant. I can absolutely speak to that because even though I, like, I'd only come from Ireland, it's like an hour on the plane. Dara had come from the US. And see, when I got back from All In, I got into bed, into the hotel, into bed. With a bucket of KFC, and I didn't even, <laughs> I didn't even have the energy for a wank. I just fell, <laughs> st- a limp dick in me hand, oh my straight asleep. We're on the podcast, aren't we? We are, yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> Let me know if you want me to take that out. If you want me to take that <laughs> bit out later, I deliberately said that. That's I know right. what I'm doing here, Dara. I act like I'm a clown, but I'm a goddamn professional. <laughs> I deliberately said limp dick to all these people. Oh my god. And on that lovely image, folks, <laughs> we are going to win. And on that bombshell. Speaking of which, it looks like the Disco Inferno wants a Japanese heel faction in WWE called Pearl Harbor. Oh my oh god. Oh my god. Do you know what? Do you know what I <laughs> you know, I'm so I'm talking about being sick of CM Punk, right? Never mind that. I'm sick of Disco Inferno. Do you know what? Tony Khan should give him a job one week, get him in a ring with John Moxley and just have Moxley <laughs> murder him. Just murder him. John Moxley isn't fucking New Jack. No, <laughs> he's good as assassinate people in the ring. Fucking, st- just I, I think if you if you showed Moxley a list of of Disco's tweets, <laughs> Moxley, you go, all right, I won't kill him, but I'll bring him as close as I can. <laughs> get me my staple gun. Get me, get me, get me those weird wooden spikes that go into my scalp. <laughs> How do you think he got that through airport security? I think he killed a load of airport security staff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, imagine being like the, the runner for AW. I mean, like, all oh, right, yeah, we have the ropes, we have the ring. No, he, and, do you oh, know what he did? The skewers. No, do you know what he did? Go on. He got off the plane, and as he was coming off the plane, his music played. <laughs> right. Right. So all the security staff were looking at the entrance, like the doorway of the plane. But obviously, he never comes out through the doorway. So the security were all looking at the entrance, and he just sort of walked out of like baggage claim. Ah, very clever. The way he like walks out through the audience. Yeah, he just goes out through the belt. Yeah, he just went out through baggage claim. (laughs) That's that's what it was. Oh man. So look, we're going to leave it there, folks. Next week, we'll be talking about WDB Payback and we'll be talking about All Out, which is happening uh, tomorrow, well, today, Saturday and Sunday, respectively. So it's 10 to 4. Wrestling never ends and (laughs) neither does this show. So we will be back next week. Um, If you haven't gone over and give us an X-Pac Euro or X-Pac Pound or X-Pac John Moxley, uh, we appreciate all of them. And uh, yes, uh, if you're, if you are, what's your man's name again? The Coffin Lad. Darby Darby Allen. Allen. If you're Darby Allen, just just, just tone it down a bit, Darby. You know, come on. Just don't. Darby Allen, put us us in your uh, X-Pac will. (laughs) <laughs> exactly <laughs> Martin have you got anything to say before we wrap up yeah this is late night wrestling with 
Dara and Mark. Good night. There we go. <laughs> Bye, folks. We'll talk to you next week. Keep on left. Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production. 